Welcome et bienvenue à ton local podcast. So thank you, George, for taking this time to talk with me. The entire purpose of this conversation is to give other people the opportunity to have a better understanding as to who you are, why you're here, what you do, and how it is that you serve our community. So I think it might be helpful to start kind of at the beginning as to how you came to become part of this community, what brought you here. Eric, more than welcome in Embrum. I was expecting this moment for 46 years since we opened the first little restaurant pizzeria in Embrum. 24 year old, I came to Embrum on the restauration and hard work and being a part of the community. I was one of the people who helped a lot uh, restaurant development and I had opened one, two, three, four different names, maybe 10, 15, from the Embroom restaurant, Venice Garden, and on and on, La Casa and Lucky Seven, and today, Boston Pizza. And we created a food court in Embroom Plaza, which I'm the owner of it. And the food court in Embro Plaza is getting bigger and bigger with more restaurants. Uh, there is a Soarma place, a Grill Soarma is going to open, the Lebanese food. There is other uh, big chains that are coming. And we want to get more people possible in our food court. And this way, <clears throat> all the people in Embro, they can go to a certain place to have their food or have uh, uh, all they needs. Uh, we have a very big extension with Dollarama and uh, they decide to extend. And uh, this is gonna be a good uh, uh, happening in Embrun because uh, it's gonna be a strip mall actually with face to the parking. And we're hoping more and more people to join us. Uh, I will, I can go back, you know, the old times when uh, I had started to work out to bring, to bring the OPP in Embrum. Uh, by that time, I was a restaurant bar owner and uh, I had uh, a lot of opposition people, you know, like they were, uh, one way they were not so happy to have uh, a bar next to the OPP, but uh, guys, we need everything in Embrum, no matter. Today, same people, they're telling me best thing ever happens to Embrum. It was to bring the OPP in our town and not to be in the neighborhood, which they wanted very bad, but apparently, we had achieved to have it in here. So the security for uh, the families, and this is one good thing Embrum has. The people, they are conservative people, very family and uh, neighborhood known, in, in, known each other. And uh, coming to the restaurant, they get friends next to them, next to their uh, place they live. They meet all uh, the leaders of our town and mayor and his team. And uh, they're happy, you know, to live in a warm society. Embrum has that. My experience for 46 years, I was more than welcome. 
and they give me a friendship, they gave me respect, they all respect. And as they tell me today, George, you still keep working. I said, I still have an emission to finish till the town grows and becomes an adult. I'll be there because we still have needs. And people they appreciate, they're all friendly people in Embrum. And whoever never came to Embrum before went to other towns around, automatically they're telling me as soon as we came to your neighborhood here, then we decide we buy a house in Embrum, you know? So I'm very happy to be a part of these pioneers, I could call, which we all work very hard. And look today, I'm so happy to have a radio station to give an interview in Embrum. Embrum start to be known far away than what it was before. Yeah, and before, what is it that brought you to Embrun? What brought you here? Why is it that you chose to set up shop to have restaurants and a bar? Uh, Embrun, it was actually, it was uh, a friend of mine had uh, mentioned the town Embrun. I was in Montreal. And all of a sudden, uh, we wanted to move from Quebec and come to Ontario. And a friend of mine who knew Embrum decided were three guys who opened the restaurant. And we put ourselves, we put ourselves involved with that small town to change from, uh, from the city life. And that's the way slowly. I never thought I would stay in Embrum for 46 years. I thought a couple of years and there you are. But look today, I think I will stay more than 46 and more than 56. It's my town. It's my town and it's inside my blood. Best, biggest part of my life, I had it in Embrum. And when you say George, restaurant, Embrum, and when you say my wife's name, Roland, Abram restaurant, this, all those names, we carry them together, you know, and so. So that's, that's what I am, uh, Eric. And what was the experience like starting a business here versus building more businesses? Because starting your first business is a very different experience than actually expanding and developing. Uh, the experience it was that uh, the first business I never thought I would go to get involved with so many business and end up that deep the way I am today. The experience is I want to a little secure for myself to have a property, which was easier by then in Ebron than anywhere else. And the town was small. So, and the best thing happens, Eric, it was, I learned. I learned slowly how to work, how to be, give my service to the society, how to work with the people which I thought I was an outsider. And I was not sure, you know, if I can click, but, uh, People, they were, they opened, they opened me the doors, you know, all the way. I made so many friends, you know, like, and I love these people. 
the older people in Abram, the ones I met when I first came, they're my people. And now slowly we see the older ones, you know, they're not around anymore. And the younger ones and new ones coming in, but that's life. So the experience is I go through generations. And to give you an example, when I'm thinking and I cast out what I did in my life, I remember I had three, four, five families. They are young girls coming to work here and says, oh, my grandmother was working for you, George. And then I said, what family? Oh, that's St. Clair family. Then I said, your mom had worked, says yes. So I go to the third generation and I worked grandmother, mother, kids, and I can tell you another five, six years, I might go fourth generations. It's something I never thought. I'm proud of that. I had my hard way because it was hard work the old times. But I know there is thousands, hundreds of thousands of young kids, they pay, they pay their studies. I'm proud that they became doctors, they became lawyers, they became, like today there is a lady, a lawyer called me for the purpose of my other business and says, George, I used to work with you 20 years ago. And I really was surprised and proud. You know, it's not only experience of what I did for myself, which is a lot, and I thanks people. The experience to creation. Creation is something never goes away. And I love, I didn't know that part by then. I did discover that with the years. And I'm so proud and I'm very emotional. Before we reach the end of our rope as a business creation, we think about all this kind of fight, trying, and all the work and all the part of life we did, and we get very emotional. So that's exactly what it comes in my, in my head, my brains. I'm so proud of myself. It's things I didn't know that I could do to this town who had nothing to do with me. As soon as I stepped in this town, I was just a stranger. And today, people, they want to sit down with me. And going back to 30, 40 years, 45 years, they say, George, we're glad to see you still here. And you really one of the people who tried to do something for this town as many other ones who they still around and they keep up, you know, like the hard work. So that's my experience. And the bottom of that, the top, which I can express is creation. Give to the kids those words. You have to learn how to create not only how to make your money, because the first phase is how to secure yourself. But later on, you're gonna see there is more important things, principle, creation, and to let something to the next people who they follow, and life goes on and on, and generations goes on. As much as I mentioned, 
I'm proud to say three, four families, I had three generations to work with. And now the fourth one is coming. It's might as well a better rush. So I'm not gonna be the one to hire the fourth one. So that's the way I see it after so many years, Eric. And many times I'm thinking, I tell you, very emotional and sometimes I even have uh, years that I was able to last, to achieve and to go through. And I did it. And I want to let something for the new ones to continue. Embrum is a ba was a baby, it's a teenager, and it's gonna be an adult soon. Job to be done, there is no end. And so what got you interested in hospitality in the first place? Uh, I was always, when I came from Montreal, I always loved public. My job was, I, I started as a bus boy, as a waiter, I work for a few places, like at the airport in Montreal for Quebec restaurants. I work for Hilton Hotel, I work for Ritz-Carlton Hotel, and I love public. Like, I love people, no matter what. Uh, I want always to be in between people. So, was nothing else than restaurants to me, or anything else which you are with the public, but I don't think I had uh, the voice to be a big star or anything else. So then I chose restaurants and uh, that, that's, that's my line. I found out, you know, with the years that uh, I wouldn't be able to do anything else. And that was my line. So that's what I grabbed first. And that was it. And you say that Embrin, you came to Embrin when it was a baby and now it's a teenager and it's becoming an adult. So what transitions or what things happened for you to make it feel like it became a baby into a teenager? Thinking and going back, the people I met when they had my age by then, and I was seeing these people to go, including myself, to get water from a pump from outside, and bring into homes because there was not water in homes. When people, they were having no sewers at homes. When people, they didn't have the facilities and anything we needed, we had to go to Arva. Arva by then was very far. It's not like today. For many reasons, it's easier to go today to Arva. And trying to build up the society and get even the water was a big happening in the year 82, 83, 84, when the, the, our leaders uh, with the head of Monsieur Gaston Patnot, who they work out to bring the water, the sewers in them, people to be able to build. Uh, that was different circumstances than today, which we have heat all over. We have uh, big stores all over. 
uh, we can buy anything. We can go out with our kids and get supply anything on the neighborhood, like uh, who like uh, big stores, like giant tigers, like uh, the pharmacists, like uh, uh, shoppers, and name name Dollarama and all this. So that was the baby who slowly became a teenager and hopefully is getting to be an adult like any bigger size city than Embroom, you know? And that's the way I've seen it, you know? Growing on my days. And is there anything you would like to see that would signify it becoming an adult? Uh, what I would like to see to become an adult, it's many things if we go and try to reach uh, some things which other big cities they have. But before that, of course, we need a big, uh, bigger arena for both towns because, uh, see Eric, I happens to be in the middle of a French town, Limoges, Embrum, Kassman, and English towns. Chesterville, Winchester, Russell, Metcalf. I was in the middle. I was the one to receive all these aggravations like we're friends, we're English, or we're not, uh, we're immigrating, or all this kind of stuff, whatever. Uh, I would love to see, while I was on that position, happen something between the English towns like Russell, Metcalf, Morwood, Embrum, and Limoges and Castleman to get together what I mean, especially with the closest neighborhood, like Russell is more residential. Why not to build up an arena in between? Why not to have some services in between, common? This has to be done, and I think we have the right leaders, especially mayor always is on the same page, on that idea. English speaking, French speaking, have common services and work together. We're the same municipality. We were on that time, on one side, I was an Embrun boy, you know, like the other side was the Russell boys. Now we feel we're common, we're in the same basket, we're in the same needs, we're in the same uh, goal to reach. One day I see it, same city, same that. I mean, it's only two kilometers, 500 homes, and we reach the city, which we were always dreaming. So things like this, it is something which, you know, like, we need, but they started with a dome, and they're on the right, uh, they're on the right direction, which uh, was a very big uh, happening. If they go with the arena, if they go with other sources, anything else, that is going to give more and more. And of course, you cannot do it overnight, but uh, step by step, and there we are. And there's many other things I would like to see happen around, you know, like uh, uh, some more schools, some new schools, or any other uh, 
medical services, especially uh, hospitals or clinics. Those are environments with facilities which we need. We need to get something closer hospital, closer clinics or bigger or, uh, you know, for any purposes like where we are right now. It's a good benefits we have, and I see it's something I could not see way back. We have the OPP station, the ambulances next to us, the municipalities next to us, the pharmacy shoppers, San Culture is next to us, the stores, Tim Horton, McDonald's, shopping mall, and so many other services. Uh, they're next to us, beer store, uh, LCBO, like, we get closer and closer and we get all the facilities we need. But still there's many other things. And of course, anybody who can, who is able to, he can propose the ideas and talk with our politicians. We have a good team and they're doing very good. Like Jim Lorraine, uh, um, uh, our mayor also, you know, like Pierre Leroux and all the rest, Monsieur Brisson, they're all there to help and work with us and be able to, like we have to work together. And I'll just give you an example why I say we have to work together. I'm, I'm involved with a shopping mall. That's fine, I was happy to hear McDonald's is coming around. Then all of a sudden, after 28 years, 27 years, we have our neighbors, we never had problem, and that's the co-op with Rona. And then all of a sudden, we see the backside of the mall they block the exit while the police, they had the very fast access to go on any emergencies and any people need for. And all of a sudden, after 27 years, they closed down. All people, they think, I did it as an owner of the mall and owner of the Boston Pizza. It's not true. They're, they're, they're very upset with me. They're very, very angry with me. And it's not the truth. It's not us. It's our friends, which people I know since 40 years ago, a border of directors, I, yes, I believe so, who they decided, and they had a part that, Probably it gives a kind of uh, speeding, but for that there is always to crack down with a little bumps, you know, to build up something or whatever, or put some stop signs to slow down and be able to evacuate them all. Now we are facing very big problem, problem of evacuating them all and even the McDonald's the lineup who comes between the mall and the LCBO, it takes five minutes to go from the mall to the LCBO or to go to the independent. So this part, of course, I would like to see it being open like a promenade. They made a mistake to put a light in the uh, uh, co-op frontage instead to create a promenade with the mall and Tim Hortons. Right now, the lineup, the traffic and everything is getting very bad. At least I would appreciate if uh, our friends, uh, Rona's, uh, I'm sorry, co-op directors, board of directors, they review the case and they go back again and they say, yes, guys, we can always evacuate them all by here, less traffic in the front, and I can just give the messages to the whole citizens, put your complaints to the counties. I talk with the mayor, I talk with the councillors, 
Yes, we need another light. Yes, we need something in front of the Tim Horton. Yes, we can do something, but counties are the ones who they decided. So if all people, they put their word and there is enough to be able, for us, there is many accidents happens and we cannot evacuate them all. How many times we try to go out of the shopping mall or out of the Tim Horton side and people, they have to back up, let us go, and then they get the light. Anyway, besides that, there's many other things, whatever can happen, but uh, we're in the right way. There is enough and powerful people and hardworking people in our town and uh, capable people. We trust our leading team and I'm sure we're getting there, Eric. We're getting there and nothing can stop. Moment we go over that population, then the rest is gonna be easier than years back, which you had to use a different kind of uh, speed. Now it goes by itself, you know. The, the teenager can, can run a marathon now. So let's go for it. And you said you were here for 40 years, right? 40, 46 years. 46 years. 46 years, since 75. And so how has your relationship with town council evolved over the years? They were always there for me. They were always there for the business people and the present ones and the, and the previous ones. Now, if you have some personal complaints or small issues or somehow whatever, this is a part of our society. And we can, we had kind of aggravation between us on smoking issue one day to the other, whatever. But apparently we work out all together. We gave the messages and started from here to do it provincial and federal because they want to do it municipal, which I don't think was fair. But talking with, and as they say, the, the war is the creator, is the father of the creation. We did bang between us, but we're all friends now. We have the results and everything is very good and we're happy. So all, all people who they had lead this town, they were always trying the best uh, for the town to, to achieve, you know, like, uh, like the old team, Gaston Patino, Monsieur Bordeaux, uh, way back, you know, Monsieur uh, Gregoire, you know, like uh, people who they were here and um, Claude Gregoire was a person who was working so hard with Gaston Patino. I'm talking in the year 75. And I believe in these people with uh, Bordeaux and a few other people who they're not around anymore. And we thanks these people, you know, whatever. So they try hard and uh, believe me, they did more than what people they can see today because they probably forget about those people, but uh, they did a lot, you know, like and me, I could, I could say more than, than many other people, you know, they can say, and we thank them very much. If they're around or they're not, because many of them, they're not anymore around. And I was wondering if you could speak a little bit more as to your experience between French and English, because growing up for myself, I noticed there was a lot of division, but now I feel like there's not as much. Everything, Eric, takes time. You cannot go overnight and say, hey, guys, they're talking about racism. They're talking about uh, what you call uh, 
discrimination about all this kind of stuff. That takes generations to go through. You don't do it overnight. Uh, experience between French and English is that uh, we are in a part of uh, Canada, which it's Ontario, it's English, but we have to respect the Francophone uh, population, Eastern Ontario. And this is a beauty between French or English that there is two different cultures. And I could see it very clear, the two different cultures. So one words, the French background, no matter what, I would express myself the way I feel. And it's the truth because they have a kind of test, a kind of finesse, you say in French, le finesse, something you don't find in the west of Canada or you don't find in States. Uh, for instance, I'm a Montreal person and I know restaurants in Montreal because I had restaurants in Eaton Center in Montreal also. The decoration, the decor, the, the prestige, the finesse, the class, I don't know how to say it in English because my English are not the best, whatever and so. You cannot learn it overnight. I build up a good restaurant, but you must have the right society. The French uh, uh, societies, they support this kind of culture. The nice looking, this, uh, <clears throat> they got, uh, they got nice style of life, uh, less kind of, uh, I can call it, uh, hard working on a way than uh, some people who they are uh, out in the country, whatever, and so, or West, but they have a beauty. They have a beauty and that I know, I lived with, I'm in between. So when you try to put those cultures together and you're expecting me, to really uh, admit that who is, or you put me the question, who is better, there you ruin everything. There is no question, raise a question coming up, who is better, who is higher, who is, you should escape this and you should work on the same Page. You should go for the same goal. You need schools for both families. You need residential for both families. You need arenas for both families. So you can't start. I'm an outsider. I came in Canada when I was 17 and a half year old. I'm not Canadian born, but with the years they say, over 50 years in Canada, they accept you as a Canadian. I'm 52 years, 53 years in Canada. So I came from different culture. And really, you know, like I try not to sense, to add some things which I probably knew or from Montreal or from my country, that to change the people who they are in here People that were in here, they had that style of life. So if there is one French to 
say I want to change the style of life or the way of standing, don't forget hockey teams, kids playing together and aggravations. We all have the differences, even if you're in the same uh, uh, group, you know, still you have differences. But now with the years, I see that we are having much more common than differences. The differences we're having, there's so little a few which we don't even we don't even see them anymore, you know. So I am happy. I'm one of the ones who you don't know what was happening on my first restaurant. The older people they can talk to you. The big arguments, fights and hot fights, very rough. And I was in the middle and I was trying, you know, like to keep parts away was unbelievable. Today you don't have that in Ebrum. And I meet those people who they created or they were involved with this and we're laughing. We're joking, we're happy. We got results. We broke this kind of uh, veil. We broke this kind of walls. We're on the same path. We're under the same municipality, under the same nation and under the same sky. But more we grow older, more we see the stars. I was seeing when I was a kid in my country, those are the same stars because I know the shape. And I said, my God, I thought that I was the only one to see this. So we are now open mind. And one thing I have to say about Embrum, the older people to the ones they can hear me because I was analyzing them. I was studying them. By the time I was working in my kitchen and they were asking for the coffee for toast. Beautiful people. Older generation, 30, 40 years ago. Of course, new generation, they're nice, good, whatever, but they have different shape. Honest people. Nice people give you hospitality, open their homes, feel you like a member of their family. This is the, 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 the surrounding and the families in Ebrum, the ones I first met, I will never forget. They accept me like I was a member of their family till today with the grandfather and the father not more around. Even their kids, which they know me, we talk about, and it's good to mention, these people, they're beautiful society. And I never thought, when I came to Embrun, the first months, the first days, I didn't know into what I was getting. But with the years, the people, honestly, they had in Embrun, these generations, uh, it's hard to find it in many places today, I can tell you. Beautiful, beautiful uh, surrounding, beautiful, beautiful, uh, uh, the mentality. Mentality was a little bit older mentality, but clean, respectable. And this is what the kids, they have to keep. Let's keep a little bit the older mentality. It does good to a few points, you know, and we thank them very much. These people, they were part of my life. And 
how would you say you noticed the the culture of people working in the restaurant industry has changed? You know, with all the different generations that you're you're housing under your roof, the the type of service, the dedication to their work, because you've been doing this for generations. Uh, you see, the old times. As soon as I stepped to the first restaurant in the, in the center of Embrum downtown. We had no facilities, neither a washing machine for glasses. A waitress had to do washing, serving, cooking sometimes, uh, uh, washing the glasses, washing the washrooms, uh, the floor. We tried to survive, you know, like everybody else. Slowly, 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 more business was coming, more who could afford to hire bus boys, to hire dishwashers, to hire maintenance and all these. The young ones, they get less and less on their shoulders. Uh, they get spoiled on one way. If you tell them today you have to wash glasses or you have to sweep the floor or you have to uh, take care of the washrooms or anything, uh, you're not going to have no, no staff to work for you on the service. So slowly that was happening, very slowly. And then having other restaurants in Montreal and trying to adjust something in Embrum, what was happening in Montreal, I did develop and I did the evolution on my it on my field, slowly, very slowly, without me notice it, things they had changed. If I go back 20 years or 30 years, I freak out with some things, you know, like, uh, uh, I'm not gonna go farther because, uh, for instance, was 30 minus below 30. 32, I remember one time, with a win. And because I was warm in the kitchen, and I was grabbing six pails, to go and get water for the coffee. We had no good water in the restaurant, in Forest Park. And I had the pump to grab it and I had no gloves. And I all had a coat, not even an overcoat, not even boots. I was warm in the restaurant. I was doing that to fill up six, whatever, and at the end, my hands, and it's a true story, my skin was on top of the pump. That pump, I believe, is still there. And I wanted to open my car to put the pails with the water to make coffee and this, and I could not open it because my hands, they were freezing. So this kind of style of life, this kind of fighting and all this, when I go back and I remember, I said, my God, you know, like what we went through without us, notice it. It's been a long time, but had happens by then. It was a reality. And that's why I would say all the young ones, they have to live or to hear stories of what was happening here, not 46 years ago, 106 years ago with no cars, with no hospitals, with no heating, with no lighting, you know, like then they could appreciate what they have today. But that's the life, that's, the, that's the beauty of life anyway. And that's what we got, Eric. And 
we're happy to be able, and thanks to the pioneers, pioneers before us, they did more than us anyway. So that's the way I see it, you know, like the changes on the, on the surrounding or the community. And I'm, I'm very pleased, you know, to be on the point we are today because I appreciate it because I know what is the worst. I know what I had to go through. That's the reason I appreciate it more. Memories from a beautiful, hard, but very productive uh, career with the results. You see, there is a literature who wrote a kind of uh, my nest for Ulysses anyway, maybe it doesn't tell you that. It's Cavathis, he's one of my people. He says, what counts the most is the destination. It's not, I made it, I won the lotto, and I'm okay. No. All this knowledge. Once upon a time, my wife had asked me, my wife is Canadian, Roland Seneville, anyway. And by then, I'm talking 30 years ago, 35 years ago, says, why are you working so hard? Five restaurants. You go to Montreal, 29 years I was going to Montreal, and I was coming back the same night to serve on the other restaurants and in here also in like seven and like us. Says she was not made to this style of life. She stayed there because I was able to sail her my ideas. But anyway, let's don't touch that part because today <laughs> I'm gonna hear more. Anyway, and she put me the question. What did you win from all this? Why are you doing all this? I was a fighter. I was a fighter and by the way, I was playing soccer. I played for Quebec Selects in Montreal, in Quebec. And we won a cup, a Canadian cup, whatever and so on. I was one of the fighters who was trying hard. Maybe not the best player, but one of the biggest fighters. And she asked me, how, why, why are you doing this? What, what did you win? And I told her, now today I know I overdo it, but I'm enough deep, I cannot back up. But one thing, if you ask me wh why I did it and what did I win, knowledges. Nobody will take me away the knowledges and people they met me as first as I stepped in Embroom and they see me today, they can talk, they can say, George from A to Z to B to C, always, I said, even if I get, only if I get crazy, then I lose whatever I want. But I can lose everything, but the knowledges, I will never be able to lose them because this is a gift I want from all those kind of different uh, uh, decades, different stages I went through. So that's the most important, the destination. And that is what today I, you remind me and you ask me, you ask me questions which I was not expecting and you refresh my mind and I go back and I say, thank God because I never last not even one day of work, of illness. I have a good DNA. 
I believe my DNA is Spartan. Spartan is a part of Greece because I'm from Sparta. So we, as my grandfather used to tell me, we have DNA plus, you know, because kind of hard people, whatever and so. And thanks God that I was able to go through health-wise and be able to achieve. And you don't know how much I'm, I'm you know, like I'm emotional. And I say, thank God, I never follow sick or let things halfway. Thank God, many people next to me, they help me. You know, like uh, I can name you people in, in the town, like Stopatno, Claude Grégoire, Maurice Godard, uh, uh, so many, the Seguin family, you know, like uh, the Perron family, so many Berisson family, they were with me, they were asking me, they were helping me on anything I needed. Anybody I was calling for any issues, uh, I need, you know, somebody to help me about my car get stopped. By that time, you know, cars, they were not starting right away. Uh, minus 32, they all were running to help me and support me. And I really don't forget this part, you know, like one was living and helping the other, you know, like uh, today is different. We don't need each other very much. We are in a box. We stay in a computer on a system. We stay wherever or TV or whatever, and we we live. But by that time, we needed each other, you know. Which, and uh, and that's that's my experience, Eric. It's something which I had enjoyed it, and today I can say, if I had to do it again, I would do it again with the same results, you know. And opening and running different businesses and restaurants, you know, there's the, the logistics of getting the food and teaching and training people, but there's also the human element and having those more personal relationships with your staff and things that you do inside and outside of work that are not necessarily part of the job description. And I'm wondering if you could share some stories. It was a question to my staff from clients. How's George's outside of work? You know what the answer was, Eric, when I had four, five, six restaurants? We don't know. He's always at a restaurant, one or the other. We don't know. We don't do relationships, you know, going here and uh, having a kind of moments like any other kind of professional work. Restaurants 24 hours so. But dealing with the staff and so many staff, at the beginning, was different, uh, the kind of mentality was different, was more of a fighting, you know, with all the facilities, the old facilities we had. Dealing with them first, on my mind it was, it's an obligation, a kid has to be hardworking. That's the way I had been training, from my mom, my dad. And I was kind of strict, but I base that on fairness. I always try to be fair. Yes, was not pleasant sometimes to be very strict because not everybody has the power to accept any pensies. And that I didn't know it by then. I thought all humans, they have the same power. No, it's not true. But I had one good thing to be fair. 
And right away, right after the effort we had to raise up jokes, be friends, and create an atmosphere, we're all friends between us. And that's the way I learned how to go through. Because if I tell you I train more than half million people, kids, with all the difference of the restaurant at the same time, four, five, six restaurants, I'm not far from the number. At least half million kids, adults, most kids, you know, students and so. So I learned how to combine personal life, work, and to go with them and change with the years. And it was a must to change with the years because at the beginning it was different. The older people that could take more punches when you had busy, sorry, running, uh, use the shovel, use the things, you know, like to make the service. The younger ones, they're more uh, uh, fragile, you know, they're more, they've been raised different way. So we have to adjust with the years. And, you know, according to that, you know, where's your limits? Sometimes our, we pass our limits, we all do, but you need to break to pass your limits, to be able to see what mistake you did and go back and not to do it again. And that's the way I did train myself. I had to train myself to adjust to a different generations and have some results because the target it is to have results. Different results by then to serve the people and achieve in one restaurant and different results today to bring more national tenants, national chains, and to have bigger environment and establishment as a city. So that's what we try to catch up, you know, and to complete. That's the way I see it from my side, Eric. And I, I did whatever I could. Uh, I did my best. I don't know if my best was enough, but I did some things, whatever. And so what were examples of times when you pushed yourself past your breaking point? What did you learn from that? I learned from that that everyone has a limit. You don't treat people the same way everyone. Moment I was talking with a drunk person outside on the street because I had to go out of my restaurant because there were a lot of aggravations, fights and so. And I had to step back to my restaurant to deal with my cook or to deal my tone, my, 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 uh, the shape of my aggravation was up to the maximum. So, you cannot control and say, so you start, you know, like uh, uh, treating that person with the one who is next to you, even members of your family, in a kind of different, on the same shape. No, I learn that every person has his code, has his uh, um, limits, and whoever you talk to, Try to adjust, take a breath, don't express 
same way you had the aggravation because we went through a lot of things in Ebrum like that, you know, and then we had to to give production to the kids and to the waitresses, you know, or many things was happening with people. They didn't want to leave the place, drinking a lot and all this. So it was not an easy job. But more than that, you have to adjust yourself to hold it for a while and then to express things which we learn with the age. We learn with whatever, with the different personalities. Today, kids, they have different personality than their parents. They're coming in and you have to teach them from scratch. The parents, they knew or they were survivors and the grandparents and they were stepping in without needing any training, you know? So it's a different again of generations, but I learned how to hold back and how to appreciate that what they give me not what they will be able to give me if you stretch them up. Just appreciate what they gave me and this is it. Not every human is the same on many things. And be happy with what they are giving you under these circumstances. And so what do you do to help yourself recuperate after like hours and hours of work? And if you ever get stretched yourself, like you know you were saying that you you hold back sometimes, but what do you do to refill your cup or re-energize yourself? Uh, you see, Eric, you, now you touch a page. Because my work was 20 hours a day, 15, 18, and the older ones, they can tell you that that was my 18. You know, I, till today, I don't sleep more than three, four hours a day. Four, five, they say is, if you sleep less than five, six hours, you're going to die young. Still, thank God I'm not young anymore, so I'm not going to die young. Now you touch a page. Uh, this is very much uh, psychology and motivation. Uh, I don't want to bring you there, but when you go to this part, you must have a book of Freud or Nietzsche. Why I'm saying that? Or yoga or anything. I realized with the years, that the chemicals on yourself, you're the one who can create these chemicals by thinking positive things. Because I was a fighter and because I've been raised in a soccer field, I was sleeping with a ball when I was a kid. We had always a big, big fight, big effort, big this, and always trying the better. There was, there was no end. I carry with me the passion I'm a very passionate person by nature. So for me to be able to motivate myself, I had to think positive. And moment I was brain, I was draining myself. I found a way who they told me later, oh, George, this is yoga. I don't even know what yoga was, but I considerate myself. I let myself free. I lie down just to release, just to relax. And five, 10 minutes after, or half an hour, I was a brand new person. Go wash yourself, refresh yourself, and back again. 
thinking positive, all the young people, I don't know, of course they teach that at schools and all this, and I have, I have a young girl, 10 year old, because with all this business, apparently I became a parent, thank God. Thinking positive, you can knock out a lot of your bad, uh, bad thoughts, a lot of your worries, a lot of your, that's why they say glass half full is not half empty. I'm thinking about I'm healthy, uh, my family is good. Now, if I have a lot of uh, kind of losses in business or uh, because of illness or because of unexpected disasters, we'll, we'll deal with it. But the positive thinking is nothing better than that. You have to go lie down and thinking positive. As long as you feel you are the most healthy person. You are the happiest person. You are the most, the strongest person. You can carry a lot. You can do it and you can achieve. If you think pessimistically and you really don't believe, you're gonna fail down before you really face the boxer, you know? When you see the other side, then you're not going to have the power to face the opposition. Positive thinking, this is, this is the most important. But it takes a lot of yourself. You mentioned that you have a 10-year-old daughter, and I'm curious to know what that experience was like for you, because a lot of people I hear when they work in restaurants, they, they kind of treat it like a family, like it's, they're running a family, you're there all the time, and then when you have a kid, there is also a huge difference between actual uh, blood and... Uh, because I'm an old mentality and always I love kids. I got a lot of, from the first restaurant I had. Kids today, the adults, some of them, they might hear me. They're on 40s and more, even 50s. They gave me, I, I love George, that whatever. I was always nice with. And I want family, I want kids. But they say it's all great men, like Napoleon, like Alexander and everything, they end up with no kids, with no family. Means that they, they, they dedicate themselves to one tunnel and they drain themselves. Me, of course, I'm not one of those men, but I gave myself to the field, to the restaurant filled with one more. I mean, uh, this field, is, there's no end, always uh, is asking you more and more. And uh, we had bad luck with my wife, that's true. A lot of work, it didn't do any well, whatever, and so. So apparently, uh, we found a way, and uh, on the age I was, it's, uh, it's a gift for me to have a daughter or a child, which I wanted so much. And uh, that I appreciated more than anybody else. Because to have it normal, in normal age, you expect it. Myself, I was not sure about it. And uh, it makes a difference. One thing for sure, if I had a child on my early 30s or 40s, I wouldn't have done what I did. I would have, I would have had something better to do. But I did what I did because nobody was 
taking my time, you know, and I discover there is other things important also in life. I don't regret, but I would have loved to be able to go back and give myself kids from my earlier times, but I'm happy with the way it is. I'm very happy, but makes a big difference because any other work, most of the works, the professions we have, uh, it gives you the time to spend time with the family and raise a family. Restaurants and a few other jobs, you know, there's other jobs like uh, farming, you know, very hard also, very hard. Even a doctor, a doctor is working 24 hours if necessary too. There's some occupations who they really keep you more busy for what you'd have to serve to the others than to get yourself. And it was a good experience, thank God. I was midnight pass and I had my kid. It's not midnight quarter or five before, it was pass, but I'm happy and I'll make it. And I'll go with, you know, and I will enjoy it. And uh, thanks for asking, you know, like uh, have a beautiful daughter, very spoiled, but, <laughs> but is the only one who I last, people say it's very difficult, George, you are losing a battle, you're a fighter. But it's the only one I lost all the battles. I didn't win, not even one till now. It's a very cutie, very sweet, and she's one of me, and I think I have to face myself. That's the hardest part. And so what things have you had to face about yourself as a result of having a child? Uh, the result to face myself is I cannot refuse when she's asking kind of, uh, not favors, because for, for her is obligations. Uh, even if I say no, or I try to be a kind of streak, I regret it after and I changed my mind. Nobody was able to make me change my mind. Even my wife when I was uh, the first years. But with her, I would go back and change my mind. I said, oh, well, of course, this, whatever. I'm uh, uh, getting, uh, uh, I changed my mind. We'll do that, whatever. I catch myself cheating and breaking the protocol, you know? So, and uh, I know many people, they're gonna take it kind of, but my daughter is such type. She has a lot of me and I know it. I was going with her and I want to enjoy it, uh, last April and she's 10 year old. Uh, 20 April, 2020, 21, 21. Dad and daughter go to school, drop her to school. 20 April, 2031, that a daughter go to college, university. 20 April, 2041, dad, I'm gonna come to your funeral. <laughs> That's such time, such time. I said, my doctor gives me 20 years, you give me more than 20, I'm very happy. I said, That's fine, you know, I'm very happy. 
so I'll take it from you. So I have fun, a lot of fun, and uh, she she keeps me busy, you know, like, and uh, it's, this is very, very deep inside my soul. So that's where I stand for the meantime. And I want to finish my mission with all things we're talking now, and then I'll be able to give my position to anyone else <laughs> and let them continue and do the job we could not do in our times. And can you talk more about what your mission is, what your vision is? My vision is after the business-wise and after what I can do to complete first what I am here, there is a develop to do. That's why, you know, like we have to we can build up some condos, we can build up, bring other stores and everything. This I want to complete. There's between the OPP and the Ebro Mall, I want to complete this part. I'm not interested for more other things, whatever, but I want this, this concept here, this uh, uh, part of uh, Embroom, which you call the heart of the heart, to complete and cover it. There is no question that's going to be very, uh, one of my goals, whatever. After I complete this, I would like to see uh, more in family part, uh, to see my daughter growing and see her being able to continue, not to uh, multiply the amount of dollars, but to continue and be useful for the society and be able to keep up with what I had started. If she gets the education, which is the most important, and she starts higher than what I did, because today, if you don't have the education, there is no way to go and achieve on anything like as you did and everyone else. Then my goal and my mission is and my wish is to see the next generation from me keeping up the straight way and growing with the surrounding and be useful. This way, I'm gonna be very happy to know that not only myself, but even the next generation of mine follow, they did something for the town and for themselves also, and they respected and they really, you know, they're a part of this town because after 50, 100 years ago, I mean, later, you know, the first people, they're always gonna be pioneers, always gonna be remembered, always gonna be there. After that, you know, everybody comes, big corporations. Big corporations, they make their money, but they do it for their own benefits. And one thing who makes me feel, and I don't know if I have to, I, I talk with that, about that, with all families here, who had a store, the name was Mayu. 
who had a store, who was giving us the little hamburger meat and all the needs, and Nile de Panel, Monsieur Bourbonnet, and other facilities, like the welding uh, company, Monsieur Seguin, who is next to my first restaurant. You know those people, they had worked three, four generations from 70, 80 years ago, the establishment, 100 years ago, Monsieur Mayu. They work with the town, they grow the town, and all of a sudden, independence, all of a sudden, giant tigers, and their kids, grandkids, they apply to me to work as a dishwashers. I don't find that fair. I'm thinking about that and I'm saying, I thought, Monsieur Mayu family, I thought that the Bourbonnet family, they will build up a little bigger, a little bigger the store, so the kids that would have a work and the grandkids. It's not what happens. Everybody now is going to Boston Pizza, is not going to the little restaurant, everybody's going to uh, Independent, to Giant Tigers. So I don't find that fair, but that's, that's the, the name of of the evolution, you know, you you knock out things to get some other things to replace, and on and on. Humans, humans, we did that in that times. So I don't want to go specific on what, but we did have to destroy some things and create something bigger. Question: I don't know what bigger means, and if it is bigger, but this part I see it going away. All the families who they fought for Emblem and they had a little store, a little TV store, a little kind of the panel, a little kind of whatever, even the gasoline. A little gasoline, they were given the pump, whatever. Now big corporations coming up, big. These people, they're going away. So that's, that's I cannot accept very well, but it is a part of human. It's no question, we cannot sense it. Uh, that's, that's my experience, Eric, and I'm thinking about all this, and I don't know what is right, what is wrong. That was right, what we did by then, and what they're doing right now, it's again right, you know? But on different stages. Anyway, I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit too much, uh, uh, thinking very deep, you know, like, but whatever. It's, I'm a big fan of deep thoughts, so it's... There is, there is a girl, uh, some waitress, whatever it was, I remember one said to me, George, you're always thinking, 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 thinking. Even if I was joking at the same time, but I was always thinking, this is, you see, thinking and trying it's, uh, how do you call, uh, it's a sharpness when you sharp your knife. Otherwise, your brains get rusted. If, if the muscle, you don't move it, it's gonna get flat. To me, this is a priority. Thinking, trying, do, whatever. And I get, I get this kind of, uh, as a game, you know? Like, that's a game. Like, sometimes, you know, like I just think, but things, oh, they really makes not big sense, whatever. But then again, you know, who can st stop me thinking? Nobody. So, and that's, that's the way, you know, like I, I'm ready to let my position to whoever 
is going to step on my uh, place and uh, try to. That can be anyone, my daughter or any new business person. But I'll keep on thinking. Don't worry about that. I'll keep on thinking. And what other things do you like to spend time thinking about? Uh, if you don't have personal issues with their priority, when you're talking about what you're going through now for the last year and a half, and issues with your members of kids and or whatever, I'm thinking how a society is going to be in 100 years from now. What the dancer is going to be. Everybody is talking about different dancer, different kind of whatever. My thinking is totally different than what everybody is afraid of. But this is very deep. This is very deep. And I just want to see how it is possible to continue without not, not disappear the human. I'm not, I'm very optimistic. What this new shape of a human is going to be, what a human is going to have as a companion, me, myself and I alone, but dealing with millions of whatever, is the personal contact is going to still exist? Is the private privacy? If I tell you my thoughts, you're going to think that I'm I'm, no, not, no. I'm, not, I'm not in a normal shape. And <laughs> no, I won't judge. I won't judge. <laughs> but they will judge if people are here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my thoughts and my worry, on a way, it is uh, private, personal. Uh, privacy, privacy, it's going away. And I don't know how, if people, they're ready to accept it or if they can go through or, or how it's going to end up. Uh, either uh, visibility, even through your personal, uh, I was talking about 30, 40 years ago, you know, they might have cameras, they can see you nude, you know, that happens. They have some cameras and they try to take them out of the water. Or they might say, now I go to the point. And a long time ago, I was thinking, they put me a scan and they take my thoughts. They know what I'm thinking. I was thinking about that 20, 30, 40 years ago. And it's happening now. They make a scan. I don't know, I might sound a little bit, uh, kind of, uh, you know, like a dreamer or whatever. But those are things coming up. Where is going to be the privacy? I want to hide something for myself, for my people. No, they're getting there. How's it going to be the new, the new generations? Are they going to be able to, fun able to function? Or they're going to have, you know, like no encouragement, no goals, no goal to reach. This is one of the things they don't have no goal to reach. Everybody wants to be a big star, dancer, this big hockey player, and so. But they're not, they're not in a shape of 
families who they have no time to talk with the kids. Kids, they have no time to give to the parents. Moment you try to talk to the kid to educate not only on the system of the computer, to educate your soul and get you inside and take you out the good and the bad. We have it inside the garden that you know it. Get me out the good more possible. Communicate, a hug. A hug is very important. That's what I'm worrying. Today, they took us away, a hug, which we had it since we were born. The first thing a mom does is a hug with a baby. Today, because of that uh, COVID-19, no hugs. I questioned myself. I saw a, a lady, saw her son after four months, and hugged him after four, five months. Big boy, he was a bank manager, and she was crying because he didn't have hug him for five, six months. This put me questions where we're getting. Are we getting to a better world? Are we getting to kind of we live together or we spread and we just do our own things? And more than that, how can we sense that? There's no way to sense. It's already, we're on the way for it. I don't know. I'm, I'm just thinking about all these things, you know, like and, uh, one thing I wish that principle is more important than anything else. Leave this world to leave it under good reputation, under good intention, and try to do good, including yourself, to the rest of the people. Really become very selfish, and I care only about myself, I don't know if we can, if we can achieve in the future. Those are ideas. And everybody else who goes from to the age, start thinking about the same things. What about the next generations? And we do whatever we're able to do. More than that, you know, it's, it's above your power, you know, like everybody has his own philosophy. I'm worrying about a few. They're coming up and they're sailing to the young ones, different philosophy that you can call it uh, uh, religion. You can call it uh, Gama Sutra. You can call it uh, um, many, many name a different way. And everyone wants to have to be a kind of uh, a mentor, you know, a mentor for the, for, to have followers, to have followers and to sell them the ideas. Me and more, yes, I can be a follower to my mentality, to my parents, to my family, but to all, personalities and try to lead them. There's many heresies, you call them heresies, or heresies means the heretic, somebody who is, you call them theories, you call them philosophies. There's millions of philosophies.
and all the philosophies and all the theories, they are right till 90, 99%. They are all wrong with the time changing. Everything is relevant. So we cannot adopt something my grandfather had adopted and changes now with the years. We change, human changes, theory sense, philosophy changes. So this part, you know, when they try to uh, manipulate, you call that popularism, manipulate and have f satellites, followers and that, and that's what I want. Neither can be for drugs, neither can be for something else, whatever. It's one thing who worries me about the safety of the youth way from now, you know, whatever. But, you know, you're younger than me, Eric, and you went through that and you know more than me. So, but we always, the worry, the worry is there. The worry for the next ones, for a better world. And I believe always in the better. We are better than before. We can be even better than. We can, we're small gods in the earth and we are nothing in the universe. I want to have a better understanding as to what it was like and what it is like to run a business in Embrun. Uh, you did mention that people like welcomed you and treated you like family, but you also worked in Montreal. So running a business in Montreal is very different than running a business in Embrun and also developing a business in Embrun. Uh, you see, it's two different societies and two different sizes, uh, Montreal and Embrun. Montreal is a big a city. Embrun is a small town. Uh, being in business in Montreal, you work with a lot of people and you're alone. You know only a few. Having business in Embrun, this is the contrary, I remark. You know a few hundred people, a few thousand people, and you are always in between your friends. So in Embrun, you're not alone in small. In Montreal, it's a big city, but you're alone. So it's a different, it's a weird feeling. You can always hide yourself here. You cannot hide your mistakes, your errors, your behave. It's more in every day's routine. So you can love, I love Montreal because that's where I first came to Canada. But uh, as a warmness society, uh, Embrum has much more color. You live with people. And I could say today the way I end up, I enjoy more Embrum than Montreal, which is a different shape, whatever. But it's always good to keep contact with and be able to exchange ideas. What's happening on cities who they're ahead on many things and to be down to the ground, to the, to the earth in a small town like Ambrum. So I believe I was very lucky to keep both societies, you know, and enjoying them both on each one different way. That's the way I've seen it. <clears throat> And I'm curious to know how COVID has affected your businesses and the way that you operate. 
COVID, it was very bad and we get very panic in the beginning. It affects a lot, more than a lot. Uh, we didn't know, of course, what was coming up uh, eventually. We started with a couple of weeks and then went up with a couple of years. Let's hope we're going to be through by now. Affect a lot. Affect a lot, but on the other hand, Covent, I think it led something good to people to live together. People to see that we are not kind of... Uh, uh, how do you say when um, bulletproof, you know, like uh, we are, as I said before, we are gods in the earth and we are nothing at the end of the line. Many people, they start to really uh, think about uh, their kind of uh, ego or selfies or whatever, they realize that they need each other. They realize that uh, uh, they need uh, something more than easy life. So it affects the business very much on the level of business. Of course, we had some help from the, uh, from the government, from uh, provincial and uh, and federal. Of course, change is the style of life. That's a major change we have now. We didn't reach yet the level we were before, but we're happy we'll get there. There's no question. And um, I'm happy at least we end up with the damage we had till now. Let's hope that is the circle. I believe in circles. So I believe that we close our circle on that part. And if we go back and back and back, 1920 or even 1945 with all this kind of other illness, whatever, you can see there was more bigger damage by then. Simply people, they were not informed what was the damage and the size of the effect they had, whatever. Uh, was was an experience. I'll take it as an experience. I wouldn't say bad or good, whatever. was an experience. And uh, let's keep it this way to appreciate our good times and healthy moments, you know. That's, we don't have much choice, you know, like, hope we are out of it. And what changes do you think are going to maintain as a result of this experience? And what, what things can you, do you think are just going to go back? Like, are, are we going to have, Everyone's going to go back to going to restaurants like it was before. Do you think you're going to be focusing more on deliveries or? Uh, first of all, style of life changes. That is another stadium from uh, as much as we get hit with the uh, 11 September uh, with all kind of uh, happening there and changes our life. I think this one also change the style of life. We're going to live speed, higher speed of life, faster. Everything, the setups they do is on fastest uh, um, level, you know, like it's not anymore by seven out of 10 or eight out of 10. Now it's on the maximum. So people, they will spend so much time in 
and so much money for those things. The rest is going to be in different shape. I don't know what shape it's going to take, but our life is not going to be the same like before. Even the way we look each other in the eyes, if you go deeper and you can see the way we can shake hands, you can see the way we can go close to each other, there is a big, big sign. Those steps they put in front of us on the pharmacy, on the malls, or the restaurants we go, it's, to me, it's, uh, it's a messages. I don't know what kind of messages. What's your steps? You have to follow those steps. Here are the steps. What's your direction? I don't know. I, I might sound like uh, whatever. And uh, I think that uh, it's uh, the communication of people is going to be different. Even mother with a child, the first hug. You know, there's things we try to get to put together and we find the difference is coming up in our times. Now, how is going to turn out? How is going to get back to another direction? Time will tell. Nobody can predict anything. We just guess. But I hope for our times, uh, lifetimes, whatever, we'll keep your co our contact. And we can shake hands by hands. We can shake hands each other. And we can hug each other. And we can kiss each other. But I see that chance. I don't know. I might sound kind of optimistic, which I'm not optimistic, but... I guess that there are chances to come. And going back to your vision of developing this area, the the businesses that you were interested in, do you think those have changed? Like are you is your vision and your game plan of what to develop and how to develop changed as a result of this experience? Uh, it didn't change yet to my brains, but time will tell. Don't Direct yourself there, direct it to something else. Uh, for instance, people, they need more homes close to the services. Uh, people, they need uh, the fast, uh, let's say in restaurants, the fast food and the uh, fast service, uh, less capacity of sitting down, um, uh, spend certain amount, and with the changes, you're gonna have to save some more money for other needs who they created and change the economy. All of a sudden, we see higher prices for homes, for these, for properties and everything. People, they're going to start to spend whatever they're able to spend. Not anymore. Uh, the bigger amounts for uh, uh, pleasure and all this kind of stuff, because the needs now, it's first we need kind of priorities, you know. It's not 
let's go to have fun. The word, let's go to have fun, let's get together and let's get this. I don't know. It looks to me like uh, it's... Uh, it's it's they they they, slow, they they put a kind of control. Not they put nobody put it that simply the way it's directing it. I don't believe that they direct us. I don't believe in all these things. This is all kind of. But there's a kind of uh, control on that part, you know, and uh, you have to think now before you make any moves. Count your spending. Count your family expense and knowing what you want. There is no more uh, extra uh, kind of, uh, how do you call, you go and spend uh, the few dollars left because there are gonna be no more dollars left. It's gonna be just for your needs. The shape of the homes is going to change. The size is going to change. The size of the restaurants are going to change. The capacities, I don't know, but I feel some chances. I feel some chances, you know, like uh, coming up to, we'll see, time will tell, you know. That's the way I see it, Eric, and, you know. Like. And uh, Embrun has been expanding and growing, especially as a result of the pandemic, like a lot of people have moved out of the city. And so do you feel like the the energy or the the vibe or just even the relationship you have with people has has changed over the years? Uh, you mean people coming from the city? Yeah. Like has your sense and how the community feels, has it changed over the, the past it, recent years? Yes. It changed a lot. It, 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 it's like you open... It's like you open to a different kind of style of life, uh, to a different kind of uh, communication, to different kind of people, which they are used to live in a kind of uh, city, speed, and uh, they adopt in Embrum the new kind of people coming in, with a new kind of style of life is not anymore a group of a few people who they just decide, talk about uh, little sports, little this. Uh, the mind of people, it gets more open, more open, and they have more visibility to what's happening. Embrum is not anymore an egg who you know is going to come a chicken out of it. It's an open flower who gets all whatever you can get from the nature, smell, this, and you have a little bit of everything. So those are the signs, I believe, of the uh, renew the society and the mix of the cultures and the changes who they are coming. That's that's the way I see it. And I know it's a bit challenging to answer this question because of go COVID, ahead. but before, what were events and things you would go and do within the community that made you outside of your work? 
Like, were there any events you'd go and visit? Are there any nature trails that you go and travel or any favorite spots to see a sunset or anything like that that's outside of the walls of your businesses? Uh, if me, I would go to something out of the hard work I had. Was not much, you know, was not much. Was more like going to a couple of trips to my country. <clears throat> going most of the times I was involved with different cities, Montreal and Embrum, working here and there. <clears throat> we got to go to a kind of hockey game and this. I'm not a person who I had educate myself to a kind of uh, ski do or skating or uh, snowmobile or all this kind of stuff, whatever. I was not keeping a kind of sports uh, or if you would go sometimes to see a kind of show, but nothing more, you know, like uh, uh, which I could say I had missed during the coven. During the coven, what I had missed, it was the routine of my work and seeing my people and face people. That's what I miss the most. Face people, my clients, which I was going every day and I see them. And of course, shake hands and, uh, but the rest, you know, like, of course, you could not travel the time we wanted. But I didn't miss nothing particular, you know, like uh, to say that it changed the style of life. Yeah, it put me, kept me a little bit more conservative. That was it. I mean, you know. Like. Now that things are starting to open up, are there any events or opportunities or anything you want to, to talk about to entice people to come out and spend time in your businesses? Uh, people, of course, when the time is, they feel it and they're coming out slowly. One thing, everybody must have the shot and everybody must have the vaccination, which I don't understand why people, you know, like they can give opposition and can, I understand the worry. I understand, of course, questions. They have some questions who make sense. I don't disagree with, but following the scientists who kept us for thousands of years and everything, I mean, that tells everything. So that's the number one. If we get all our vaccination and people they follow slowly, uh, support the community and get back to a normal life, there's gonna be a lot, a lot of new opportunities for people to be able to really go ahead and faster than what we used to go till now and not people to worry that one COVID-19 would stop the world from going ahead. It's many ones during the centuries, mass more uh, biggest disaster who they didn't stop a human. Human is made always to go ahead. The human will go ahead, you know, there's no question. People, they have to get back slowly, get the new style of life, the new kind of setup for their personal needs. It's not gonna be anymore. Just, you know, wash your hands once a year and this is it, whatever. It's things which you have to follow. And, you know, like, uh, take life the way it comes, you know, like, uh, I believe, we're in a good stand. We're in a very good stand. And compared to many other countries, Canada uh, is doing very well on that part. But we'll go, we're going to go through that. And people, they don't have to worry. Fear, fear is the worst thing for a human. To feel the fear, 
neither way comes from any sources, you know, or uh, whatever. I'm against that. And I don't think we have to feel like that. No, we'll face the monster. We did face the monster and we're going to go through and we'll make it again as before with a smile and with joy. That's my my advice to people. And that's what my opinion is, you know, like uh, more than that, you know, time will tell if really, you know, like uh, how fast and how far we can go and if there is any more to come, which I don't believe so. We are on a way to go out of the whole mess, uh, Eric. Let's, let's hope. Let's hope. And I, I feel very blessed to be able to have this conversation with you. Like you are obviously a very deep thinker and <laughs> the stories flow very naturally from you. And so if anybody else is interested in having conversations with you or connecting with you to talk about business or talk about life or talk about anything, really, what would be the best way for people to find you and to reach you? They always see me in a small little car, Boston Pizza. I always am in Boston Pizza car and, and Boston Pizza place in the mall, shopping mall. And um, so many, I mean, so many years, people, they see me around, you know, like as I told you, I'm not going vacations very often or out of the town, whatever. And so anytime I love to talk with people because now I have time to talk. I can be myself now. Before I was not able to be myself. Work was above everything else. And when you focus on an emission, you don't develop the rest of what you like to. And now I found the chance to really develop myself on this part and talk with people. And my pleasure is I met some older people on the 80s, 85. They knew me when I was 25. And they, were, they, they had pleasure to talk with me and say, George, so remember you came in and then I talk, talk, talk with them. Most of their people, they're not around. And they had so much pleasure and I had so much pleasure to see these people and talk with them. But the, the way I feel like talking in real, not just typically because they're my clients, thank you, goodbye. Now I'm, I'm more mature, I'm older. And I enjoy my times, you know, and I want to give a, a very big thanks, especially to the older crowd, you know, to the older generations. They're all my friends. They're all my people. And I want to give a big thanks, the support they did to me, because every time I was opening a new restaurant, I was working well. Always I was working well. And I, I'm blessed, you know, to have that. And I appreciate and I still have a few in my team, like my chef, my manager, my couple of managers, whatever, who they work with me 35 years, 30 years ago, 25 years together, being with me. And I want to thank them all and smash as the whole town, including my beautiful wife, because she was able to stand me for so many years with all this kind of uh, fighting uh, uh, the uh, hours uh, through night, you know, like uh, messy hours, uh, uh, attitude on a way like things they're doing uh, uh, bad in a service and all this. Well, I was not the best person to cope with, and she was next to me, 
and she has supported me for a very, very long time. And I, I, I really appreciate now she's out of my business and she has some join with my daughter. But uh, she was one of a kind to be able to stand me and support me. And the most important, to lift up my confidence. It's one thing, all people, one more thing I learned. The young ones before, as I mentioned, you were going in a way, come on, you can do it, go ahead. No, they, they cannot accept your pants that much, as much as you can lift up their confidence, that they can make it to discover themselves. And that's what I want in this kind of uh, work I have. And that's what my wife did the difference to build up my confidence and my morale. So important that, you know, like this is what exactly we all need to be able to go through. Life is short, but it's so long when you live it every day, you know, it's, and you need step by step. So that's the way I lived. And I hope I continue to be happy of what I'm doing because moment you feel good with yourself, then you feel good with others. And that's something everybody has to know. Do a good job. I didn't came the first day in Embrum to give the, the best hamburger, to give the best pizza. I came to sell the most. But then with the years, things they reverse and I want to give the best also and the most possible too. So things they change. And I adopt this philosophy, which it drives me to be happy deep inside of myself, deep inside of my own soul that I did the right thing and people, they really appreciate for what I'm doing. And I'm happy with that, Eric. And I will keep it this way till the end of my life. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I, I greatly appreciate this conversation and I hope other people take the opportunity to get to know you a little bit more as well. And uh, I give my thanks also to your wife because what you said was very beautiful and very meaningful and very touching. And best of luck with your daughter as well. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Thank you for your good words. And anytime I'll be very happy to see you again and see this society, this community growing more and more. And you have a part now. You're taking the leading from us. You are the one to do the job. Get your people and go ahead, sir. Good luck. Thank you. Good luck. If you want to hear more stories from members of our community, Écoutez a local podcast. So Spotify, Apple, a CJRORadio.com.